I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf. Barf. Just hear those sleigh bells ringing, ting, ting, tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a burf barf together with you. And you and you. <laughs> Welcome to the Christmas edition of Burf Barf that will have nothing to do with Christmas or the holidays. No, none. I guess it kind of has to do with the year end, so we'll yeah. go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we have no thematic elements that would assist you in bringing Christmas cheer other than I am filled to the brim with it. <laughs> I should also mention or apologize for us being off for two weeks. I'm sorry we yeah. left you alone in the cold for two yeah, weeks. Yeah, Annie's a real on shit. On your long runs. Yeah, it was completely only my fault. She's been on vacation. <laughs> we'll go with that. Well, all right. She's been on vacation, and I got a new job that's actually like work. So send condolence letters to my address at five one. <laughs> yeah, it's Anyways. been it's been good and bad and ugly. But we're it's back. Bad. But we're back. And we'll never miss one ever again. And so we do. <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry that your long runs were filled with terrible playlists that you've listened to a thousand and fifteen times. Yeah. And those dingle hoppers over at that other podcast that won't let us post on their wall. <laughs> and I feel comfortable saying that because basically this is like screaming into a cave of my friends. Yeah. Which is great. That's kind of what we wanted. No and one... like a couple thousand other people. We'll get there. Ooh, we'll get there. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Right. But uh today on the agenda mm-hmm. is kind of a uh, I would say kind of a natural place where I end up at the end of the year yeah. running-wise anyways, which is thinking about previous year's goals, mm-hmm. next year's goals, mm-hmm. setting up a race calendar, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. So really reflecting on what the last year has been like and then mm-hmm. setting myself up for the next year to get yeah. excited. Yeah. Um, and certainly we've had a lot of things to talk about for this year from a goal perspective. So mm-hmm. we'll mm-hmm. just each be sharing and the the better runners of you out there probably already have your 2018 race calendar uh, set up, mm-hmm. but some of you maybe haven't considered setting up a full race calendar. For or you're just a maniac and you're like the kind of person who like gets drunk and gets an ultra sign up yeah. and is just like, fuck it, I 50k tomorrow morning, I got this. I got it. I'll do this 50k warm up for a hundred miler the next week. Because my friends are going to be there. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I just can't not do it. <laughs> this is how Lauren sets up her race hey, calendar. Hey, <laughs> I am reformed. I am entirely reformed and I am happy to tell you about how reformed I am. Yeah, yeah. Because... This upcoming year for me is going to be the most sparse race calendar year of my career. Really? Yeah. So I have. Um, so maybe tell. So talk about what you did, just to give an idea of volume. Like, mm-hmm. what did you do for races this year compared to next year? Okay, my spring I've completely deleted from my memory entirely. I have no idea. I don't think I raced much. Did you do a Rocks and Roots race? This oh, year? okay. So last winter, that's true. I did both of the Rocks and Roots 50Ks to get the 50-50 buckle. Which is glorious. I would not wish either one of those races on my worst enemy. I, they're, they're really hard, but they are a good way to show community in a mm-hmm. land where sometimes it's hard to feel like a, like a trail and ultra runner because our, our trails are, you know... They're, an hour away. They're, yeah. Our, our big trails are an hour away. So we try to do our best to cultivate the trails around us, and they are incredible. And Jeff Henderson and his the Rocks and Roots group has done a sweet job of making, uh, you know, 20K of connected trail up yeah. there. Pretty cool. And, and I think it's worth noting that that time of year 
it's a horrible. I won't say a horrible shit race. show. It's, it's complete because the weather show. always it's kind of snowing sucks. and frozen or right. knee deep, like just up to your titties in mud. Because most races don't have them that time of year, so it's a nice time to have a race to look forward to because. There's no other races going on, so it's a good way to keep up your motivation when everything is bleak and it sucks and sure. it's cold. And it's also a good way to sh- sharpen your badassness to be like, I always run. Yeah. I don't care what it looks yeah. like. So yeah, so I did those two races, which uh, there was really no, not a lot of glory there for anybody because it's like one of the most thankless races. I, I think I finished, I know that I finished second to last overall for the first one, and then the second one, almost everyone quit. So I got second. <laughs> Badass resharpen. Okay, so, so Rock yeah. and Roots race. So those were kind of a throwaway, but they, you know, they were, uh, I had trained for the 50 miler and decided like my brain would bleed if I had to do that out there. So I did those. I don't think I did anything through, oh, I did Pitchell in the late summer. You didn't have anything between no. Rock and Roots and No. Pitchell? Really? Not to my knowledge. Did you forget the PR? Uh-uh. Outrun? No. What were you doing? I, I think I, I rode Tosser maybe. Weird. A whole chunk of the year just gone. Yeah. I, I Someone might know. <laughs> I, I don't know. If anyone knows what Lauren oh, did this I know last what I year. Did. I know what I did. I ran my first marathon. Oh. Okay. I ran the Louisville uh, Blast Your Ass into the Stratosphere <laughs> Marathon. It's actually its official title. It's like a rock and roll series, but it's um, a little harder. Blast Your Ass. It's mm-hmm. called the Blast Your Ass series, where there's like 2,000 feet of gain and it was 92 degrees. In a road marathon. I wish I was kidding. That really killed me, yeah. but it was fun. So I did Rocks and Roots. I did my first marathon. I did nothing all summer, and then I did the Pitchell Rap, and then I did BFC and Ozarks, and I said goodnight, and then I did nothing but eat chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> we still may be coming out of that chocolate phase a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm full blown. Oh, in you're the still in phase. it. You're still in the. I'm full phase. blown in the like, like pet myself, sleep, eat a shitload. I'm still exercising. I would not call it training. Yeah. It's like when you have to be like really honed for one specific skill, and then someone's like, "Now just do whatever you like," and you're like, "I'm gonna ribbon dance for six hours." <laughs> the, I feel like uh, for the last nine weeks, I've just been ribbon dancing. Yeah, a big discussion among the four group of women of. Uh, two of them being us, that we get together for coffee pretty much every week, has been, you know, I thought it would be nice to not have the structure of a training plan, mm-hmm. and all of us are like, we're going crazy! Oh, I'm the only one who, do- I have no, I don't get taper crazies, I don't, I have previously gotten, like, little lost lamb crazy without yeah. a coach or something, but, yeah. like, this time I've just been, like, I think it makes me feel more pro when I'm, like, this is my time. I'm going to take this time, because I, I'm, like, so ready to like get into my groove again and like figure out what I'm going to do for the year because I put all my trust into my coaches this year and my returns were huge. Yeah. My that's speed true. changed, my endurance changed, my mind changed. I ran less miles. I was looking over the last 9 years of my running yeah. from Nike from when I originally logged in Nike Plus which I fucking miss I <laughs> wish Tamagotchi It's my ta- I miss that Tamagotchi because Garmin does not have the interface that Nike Plus did. It's just Garmin's yeah. I'm sorry, Garmin Connect is the ugliest yeah. fucking I feel format. like we have so many like uh 
Goldilocks situations, like whether it's with shoes, oh, where mm-hmm. it's like this shoe has like the best grip in the yes. whole world, but the toe box sucks, yes. and this has a great toe box, but you fall Strava. out of it. And too tight. Yes. Garmin, too loose. Yep. Nike Plus is just a defunct the model. The interface is great. It's great. But the technology and the tracking blows. It does. Yeah. So and yeah, that bit is for you know counting your punches in bed as steps. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty useless. Yeah. So uh, I definitely sidetracked myself there. But what I'm saying, in essence, is, like, I, I actually feel like the resting is part of the, like, the pro game plan. So all my returns were so radical. And Oh, here's my point, was that um, in the past, the 2017 is the first year that I have not beat the previous year's total mileage. Okay. Last year I did, like, some something over 2,000, and this year I'm just going to be in the 1,800 zone. And every year, considerably more every year. Right. And I almost got upset about that today. And then I was like, this was the most successful race year of your life. I mean, those, I mean, maybe that's hyperbolic, but. No, it's not. But you became one of the few women to have three BFC finishes. Three, yeah. Three BFC finishes. You won Ozarks. Yeah. You finished Pitchell. And I did my first marathon. Despite the fact that we were grumpy the whole time. You did a marathon, so you automatically PR'd. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. And. Uh, the fact that the weather, the temperature there was so high was notable. Because I remember you yeah. said you felt really good when you finished because you were, like, passing people that were, like, maybe or maybe not dying on the side of the road. They were, like, drinking out of fire hydrants. Yes. And Literally. I also know that you were one of the few people who did the, the both the 50K and the 50 mile. I think only two other people did that. Yes. So, yeah. What, so, you're not being hyperbolic at all. When you think no. about your performance within we, each one of those events, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's a good year. Yeah. So... I'm not going to let myself get hung up on the numbers game when it comes to, like, volume because I've realized that, like, the grindiness of volume is not my sweet spot. Yeah. I don't think it is for anyone. And I feel like this, I feel like this becomes a topic or this becomes a thing for everybody that they're aspiring to. Like, oh, I'm going to run my first ultra and then I'll run my first 50 mile or my 100 mile and then I'll start logging 100 mile weeks. And yeah, it's. They don't go hand in hand. I don't think success goes hand in hand with 100 mile weeks. So Turns out, maybe not. Because I feel like when you start having your goal be to run 100 mile weeks, essentially you're working to accomplish that goal and not necessarily do better your at a big race. Goal. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I had previously lost sight of my big goals. And now I'm very clear about my 2018 plans, which is two races. I'm not kidding. I will probably fill in one more and pick up a hundred somewhere conveniently. But right now, uh, yeah, that's it. I have outrun 24 in May and I'd like to finish a hundred at least. And I can't believe I just told that to everyone, but that is my goal is a minimum of a hundred miles. Yeah. And then I just, I want to do well for me at BFC, which is different every year. It's different every year because the course is different every year. And so like, I know, I'll know when I finish if that was a success. And it will have right. nothing to do with the clock, and it will have nothing to do with who was in front or behind me. Yeah. It will have to do with me. And I will just know when I get there. Like, yeah. this year, they were like, Lauren Kraft, she's in 12th place, and I was, or 15th, yeah. 12th There's or 15th something place. There in the team. And I was like, sweet baby Jesus! <laughs> like, And then you were like, oh, that was a lower place than I've done before, but... That is, For some that was reason, like, yeah, that was my you, sweet spot. Yeah, and you didn't have any like pitiful moments. Like you were a beast like the whole time. So. Yeah, 
So your goal, sometimes your goal can be contained in a little egg that is you. Yeah. And that's my only goal, again, for Barclays this year, is to just be like, do you feel like you're rocking this? Hell yeah. Yeah. But there are other races where I feel like it's definitely more concrete and bound by time or distance. Yeah. Um, And then I I had considered doing Burning River in Cleveland for my 100, but I, I don't think... I worry that that would set me up for failure for BFC because it's in August. How many weeks is it? I think it's exactly four weeks out from BFC. Yeah, because I think Burning River is like the first week of August and then BFC okay, is so like five. the second week of September. No, so. that might give me enough time, but uh, I don't know. I also realize that I think it, the registration opened like a while ago and I, it makes me feel so freaked out when everyone's planning for things a year in advance yes. and I'm just like, please just let me relax. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really hard with just planning races now in general because even the little local stuff is they just keep taking the little marker and placing it farther and farther and farther away from your body and you just have to like chuck a football at it and be like i will be there in two years yeah like uh, i was looking at broke man's running which is a local race organization group in columbus which is which is great. I love everything that they're doing. They make races that are affordable so that you could run a marathon and not have to spend a couple hundred dollars yeah. because marathon race fees have become so exorbitant. It's insane. Yeah, they're prohibitive for yes. some people. So they do uh, things like uh, cheap marathons and are putting on a race tomorrow actually called Run, run Your, your pants, pants Off, which is an, a hilarious hilariously awesome concept which is you start running with a bunch of layers of clothes on and at is it each mile at every mile at every mile you strip off a layer and don't those clothes get donated so yeah. as you run along you are wearing less and less clothes and, and donating you're probably hotter more. As yes you go, if you're, yes if you're running fast yeah and i think that concept is so cool and we've we've been talking about this race for what, months? Mm-hmm. I feel like we've been talking about mm-hmm. it for months. And I was like, oh, you know, I didn't realize it was on a Thursday. Maybe I could do it on a Thursday because races are never during the week. Right. Which I'm always kind of like, I'm not going to do a short run on long run weekends. Right. Anyway, so I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's sold out. It's of been sold it's out sold for out. Weeks. Yes, of course for it's weeks. been sold out. It's tomorrow. So on the one hand, it's like, I want success for a race organization, mm-hmm. a race directing and the race director, but on the other hand, I'm like, can I just like, can I just chill yeah, and show up like, when I feel like yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. To like, some things you can. Yeah. Like when uh, old school altered people talk about like showing up the day of the 100 miler and signing up the day of. Mm-hmm. I, Those days just, are gone. I know. That just blows my mind. There may be a couple little home, home style races where yeah. you could do that. Yeah. I bet you could do that at Ozark 100. Those guys seem like yeah, they'd be probably. down for that kind yeah. of thing. Like, That'd be cool. Here's your paper form. <laughs> we'll take a photograph of you at every third third mile. <laughs> so uh, so for 2018, then, your goals are to do two races really well. <laughs> yeah. Outrun, do more than 100 miles. Uh-huh. Not 100 miles or more. More than 100 miles. She's so, like, scrunching her face. I am. Tell, yeah. I know, because, you know, that's, all, again, like, throwing the football way out there and seeing if you can, like, uh-huh. go get it. Yeah. <laughs> and then be it, yeah, do well at BFC. So that's that's my year in review. That's my goals for 2018. So, Anne Lang. Yeah. I want to know how your year went. So my year was a really mixed bag. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It was. So it was like, I feel like I was like really intense on and then really intense off. Like usually I have planned a whole year that allows me to have like 
I don't know, three to four month cycles of like getting ready for a big event Mm -hmm. and then chilling out and then getting ready for a big event and then chilling out. And this year I felt like I was like, and then I was like, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then then being injured and being off for two months. So at the beginning of the year, you rang in the new year. Yes. With the craziest finish ever. So I think that's, that's a really good thing to start the year. So one of my goals for 2017 was to learn more about what it feels like to be at longer timed races. So the longest I've ever taken for a hundred miler is 32 and a half hours, I think. And so New Year's Eve last year was my husband and I's 10th wedding anniversary, which is crazy to say. God. And we had been planning for a while to do Across the Years, which is a multi-day event in Phoenix. And they have a, they may even have a 12 hour, but they have a 24 hour a two-day, a two-day, a three-day, and a six-day division. For that those goes, crazy, crazy people. Yes, that goes, and it goes from New Year's to New Year's Day, which was so cool. Why do mushrooms when you can run for six <laughs> yes, days? Yes, there you go. During which they had a beer mile. We, yeah, it was just, it was fun. They have served vegan food. It's crazy. So we did the three-day event because... I was like, 72 hours is definitely more than 32 and a half hours. Because. Okay. <laughs> and it was such a good learning experience because there was just so many things where I was like, you know, after 33 hours, I don't know what happens. Like, will I turn into a bat? <laughs> <laughs> and I and I did a bunch of Facebook Live videos that maybe I'll, like, repost to the Birth Barf group because... That Annie thought were, like, from the inside looked crazy. And yeah. then you look at them later and you're like, you seem pretty reasonable yeah. to like, me. Like, one of the videos, I distinctly remember feeling like I was about to just cry my eyes out. And I watched the video, like, after and being removed from the circumstances. And I was like, I am having a hard time. Yeah. I hope I can go on. Oh, yeah. Annie, <laughs> Annie's such a drama queen. <laughs> I felt like I was just squealing. <laughs> you did look hysterical because she's like, it's night, it's raining, and she's wearing a trash bag. Yeah. <laughs> so she does look like a batshit crazy homeless person. And it's funny because I still conjure up that image to this day when I'm feeling like pitiful and really sad. I just imagine myself feeling sad with like a trash bag over my head and being like, I can't be sad when I look this stupid. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So... Got to experience a 72-hour event. I ran 200 miles in three days, which Kaboom. I'm super proud of. Um, and actually which got first, first female. Yeah, which was crazy to me. But I learned a lot about, like, sleep management and <laughs> so things like, uh, which it's kind of like goal setting 101. If you have a big goal, break it down mm-hmm. into uh, manageable chunks and I totally started the event thinking, like, I'm going to get 200 miles. Here I go. And I think my brain was just like, what? No, 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 no. I, I had run, I think, maybe less than six hours. And I had to take a 20-minute nap. No shit. Before noon on the first your day. your brain probably yes, panicked. Yes, it, it 100% did. And I fought it for a while. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be out here for three days. I'm just going to lay down. Laid down, took a 20, 30 minute nap, and it totally reset me. But it's such You're a good. The only person who can do that. Such a Andy's good. really good at that. Such a good learning lesson to be like, do not heap all of that on your brain. Like, yeah. you cannot think about the big thing the whole time. Like, you have to get to 
five miles and then mm-hmm. 10 miles mm-hmm. in each increment of that. So started out the year with that. Uh, got into orienteering uh, because our friend Chris Geekus, who helped us with Pitchell, is really into orienteering and just doing all that stuff. And there is a lot of orienteering clubs in the Midwest, which that is not the case everywhere. No, and, it's not. And there are some cool clubs. Yeah. And there, I wouldn't say that there's gender parity, but there's a lot of women interested yes. in them, which is really fun. Yeah. And they're... It's just a lot of fun events and the whole like kids and families and old people and runners and you, you're going to get your ass schooled because if you think, I'm a runner, I run a hundred miles. No, 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 no. Nope. That will not help you at all. There will always be some man with a keg belly and hiking pants and a Carhartt jacket. Right. With a flame, with a flame bandana on his head. (laughs) That you beat to a checkpoint and then they proceed to beat you to the next one. Walking. These people can, can power hike you. Out of your fucking pants. Yeah. And you will lose so hysterically. Yeah. I think we came back at the finish of one of these orienteering races, and there was just the director sitting on a cooler, and he was like, where have you guys been? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, surely this one checkpoint where we were supposed to navigate to was not in the right place. Obviously. And he was like, everybody else found it okay. I'm like, Except oh, for you, well, dodos. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to do... Um, a really cool event. It was called Nitro Gain. Nitro Gain. Like, so a Rogaine orienteering event is where they give you a map and there are there are spots marked all over the map, and each spot is worth a different amount of points. So let's say that wherever the race starts, the points that are farthest away would be worth like four points, and the ones that are a yeah. hundred feet away would from the like start. You like to swim through two and a half feet of mud yes. with briars in it and possibly yes. alligators. You can get sixty <laughs> points over there. Or would you like to go down the trail for half a mile? So the whole strategy is to figure out how much time do you have to get as many points as you can. Um, so we did a nitro gain, which started at sunset, and it stopped at sunrise and it was a blast it was like so it was so hysterically so fun. much fun and there was how many people do you think did it 45 yeah something like that and so people could do it by themselves they could do it in teams of two they could be uh it could be i because i think we were in the female only team yes. right yes um and i think were we the only ones? Yeah, well, we're not going to say that because we won that category. Yeah, yeah, we won that. We weren't the only ones. No. Wink. <laughs> but we did win that. No, I th- are you sure we weren't? No, yes, you're right. I think there was, a, you're right. I think there was another all-female team or maybe a couple that did half the night. Because I feel like there was a shorter yes. time that they could do. Yes, true. But um, it was really good because with us doing like the FKT stuff and adventure runs and wanting to do more of that, it just feels really good to be competent Mm -hmm. that if your phone doesn't work, Mm -hmm. if your GPS watch doesn't work, Mm -hmm. you will be able to get yourself out of the Ozarks. Right? (laughs) Right. So if the sound of the frogs are on your left, you are traveling south. (laughs) Yeah. And that literally became a thing. We were like, well, the bog must be nearby because we can hear the frogs. So, uh, so multi-day, get better at orienteering. And then after like a hard push in the beginning of the year to the spring, it became time to switch to focusing on letting Andy do his races, which we we're pretty good about balancing who's running what, but we do find like if there is an A race goal for one of us, the other one kind of has to chill out a little bit because otherwise 
we just feel like there always has to be somebody kind of holding yeah, their like shit not together. Crazy. Yeah, because otherwise it's just both I of us. I haven't had sugar in 90 days. Fuck you. I know. It's just both of us staring at each other with hollowed out eyes like, who made dinner for Arbor? <laughs> <laughs> Where are our cars? <laughs> so, uh, so we switched to Andy focusing on uh, Outrun 24 and doing some other things. And then over the summer, I just kind of gradually got back into training and I feel like I'm missing something in between, I, like, Outrun and... You know, I know. I guess it was Pitchell, Pitchell. but Pitchell was after Never, Never Summer. So at, about oh, midsummer, yeah. I was like... And I had been tossing around the idea of doing Ozark with Lauren, um, but I was like, oh, shoot, I have to make sure that I get a Western States qualifier in. And... Snob. Ozarks, unfortunately, is not. Snob. Yep, I know, snob. And it's not because I wanted to get into Western States for next year. It's just if you ever want to run Western States, you have to start the lottery when you're eight and make sure That's that you point. make it every year. All right, all right. That's so fine. I talked to my coach, Ryan Gelfie, about Western States qualifiers. And I guess I should say that's one of my goals each year is to do a Western States qualifier, even though this is the first year that I kind of haven't naturally done a Western States qualifier and had to be like, oh, booger, I'm last minute Christmas shopping for my Western States qualifier. Um, so I talked to him a bit about it, and he had mentioned... I'll take a tickle me almost. Yes. I know. I'm tr- out there trying to get a Hatchimal, and all they have is old tickle me almost. But they, there's only a few 100Ks that are on the Western States qualifier list, and one of them is Never Summer, which is 100K out in Colorado, and the majority of it is at altitude. And... Honestly, this is another thing I attribute to the benefits of having a coach. I would have never considered it before because I think I would have been like, eh, like mount a mountainous race, like an actual, like I've done races with a lot of gain, elevation gain, but it hasn't been at altitude, which I think is a completely different animal. And it's also completely different to grind up a mountain for miles than it is to go up, down, up, down, mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. down. Gelfi is also famously the coach who would be like, this sounds crazy, but... I might be doing this like this mountain bike unicycle race in uh-huh. upstate Michigan next week. <laughs> and I'd be like, dude, I will build that in. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Like, and I, I also feel safe knowing that if he's like, that might make you break your butt, <laughs> that he would, he would put that out there as like for something to you to make the decision on. Yeah. So decided to do Never Summer 100K to get my Western States qualifier and ultimately so that I could do Ozarks 100 later in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did Never Summer 100K and made it within, which this is another interesting thing. They have a cutoff time that's for the race and then they have a cutoff time to be a Western States qualifier. So technically you could finish the race and not make the qualifying time. I think it was like 26 hours to finish, but it had to be under 24 hours to make it a qualifier. And I finished in like 23 23? I don't remember that part of the story. That's incredible. Yeah. So 23 hours, got my Western States qualifier, and did my first at altitude race, which I was really proud of because I think the highest peak uh, goes up to like 12, 12s or something. Oh, I do not wish that on anyone. And it it was beautiful. Yeah, but it's like running through warm jello. Yeah. But it was, oh, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful race. So did Never Summer. And then the weekend after that was Pitchell, which we've talked about on here before, which had been on the, I mean, it's funny now that I'm thinking about it. I think Pitchell was like our one of our first things on the calendar for this year out of it was. everything. It was. So uh, 
we had talked about doing Pitchell for a long time. And it was kind of like on the on the tail end or in an alternate to doing rim to rim to rim at the Grand Canyon, which we've talked about doing that for two years, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. by now, because mm-hmm. a, a larger group uh, from Rocks and Roots in Columbus went and did, rocks, uh, did rim to rim to rim. And I think one or two of us couldn't do it or something. And we were like, well, let's just go sometime with just us with women, just women and, yeah. and do it. And then it scheduling and just cost-wise, it didn't work out. And so we switched gears to like, hey, let's do like a similar thing, but go do... Go do Pitchell. Go do an FKT route. Which just happened to be the hardest thing I've done in the last two years. Yeah. Which is remarkable when you think about it. Um, So we did Pitchell successfully. And then I found out I had a a busted leg for those Oh, yeah. And then Anne broke her leg. Yeah. Because she ran 200 Ks back to back. She ran Pitchell with a broken leg. Yeah. Yeah. So I ran. and, And not to mention the gain. So... Never Summer, I think, has 14,000 feet of gain. And I think and Pitchell, Pitchell is like in that 12 13, to 15,000 range. Yeah, so he did almost 30,000 feet of gain within nine days on a busted leg. Ew. Yeah. So after that, I was completely off for two months. So this is what I mean by, like, super intense, like, Never Summer. Yeah. And, like, yeah. honestly, even with my messed up leg, Never Summer didn't feel bad. And Pitchell was hard. For either a multitude of reasons or no reason at all. I still don't know how I feel about that. But got done with that and was like, yes! Like, yes! Yes! Even though my leg hurt, I just felt like a complete badass. Me too. I had totally reached those goals of like, I want to do an FKT-ish route, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then off for two months, which was not not the worst thing. But it's been hard, like getting back into it now and I think for me not having a training plan right now oh I was just gonna ask you are you being coached right now I start back next Monday I was supposed to start this Monday Whoa. and then I was like ha, Christmas is this weekend I'm just setting myself up for failure oh. I'll, I'll push out a week and I am just somebody who doubts my own abilities even when I'm doing the damn thing so I'm like huh, like what if I can't like stick to my training plan when it starts, which is ridiculous. I can I can feel it and also both know that that's ridiculous because I'm the most hard-nosed person about sticking to training plans. Um, but the same exact feeling. Yeah. Because I'm starting in mid-January and I yep. thought, my job is so hard now. How will I do it? Yeah. You idiot. You just will. Yes. You, you just, just will. do it. You just, I mean, honestly, you just do it. So... I still feel like I'm a little bit of a softy right now, and I'll start picking up training to get back into it. And like ribbon dancing, yes, in the field. yes. I'm also a softy. Yep. Yes. So I'd like so working towards uh, just getting. I mean, honestly, just getting like general fitness, and I don't feel like horrible or anything. It's just I don't feel like superwoman like I did yeah. maybe in yeah same June or something same. like that. But thinking about 2018 and goals I have for 2018. Uh, one is cross training the fuck out of myself. So I think I, not, I think, but I want to keep yoga and bike and weights in like all year, no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. It does keep your, uh, like mobility is really important. That's something that you and I often overlook. Yeah. And that it keeps the ouchies at bay. Like, yeah, I, I am not a person who is like, you need all different disciplines to keep yourself well and healthy. I just want to feel good when I run. Yeah. And when I, mean, I am doing different stuff, I feel better after runs. Right. I recover better. It's this famous story that Annie loves to tell about the famous, like, the, the cyclist 
that yes. was like he was in his prime and he was able to raise the Tour de France, but he could barely walk to, to the store. Right. Or thinking about another similar is Ryan Hall, who was like so light, like body weight wise for marathoning and trained so specifically to run marathons mm-hmm. that he would make like a particularly thick batch of chili and the next day would have a sore arm from from stirring That's the chili. so fucking sad. Yes. Yeah, so the point is, make yourself, make your body be a tool that is useful in your daily life. Yes. Great, you can run 100 miles. Can you do literally anything else? No. Yes. yes. You are too narrowly trained. <laughs> so that's a goal for 2018. And then as far as races go, so I want to do a lot more orienteering. There's a event called the Shoplope. If you don't know about it, you oh, wasn't even to, mentioning. you'll just have to figure it out. Um, so that happens early in the year. Um, that's an orienteering event. And then uh, just doing, there's a couple orienteering, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A series that happen over the winter. And those are just so fun to me. Like, Oh, are there any in January? Every weekend. It's I called, to go to yeah. There. So it's called, one of them is the, put on by orienteering Cincinnati and it's called Wars. The oh winter, yeah, yeah. You said yeah, it to me. The winter adventure racing series. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go there. Yep. So want to do that. And then. Andy and I are both running Angeles Crest 100 Mile, really? which is out in L.A., and that's in August. Oh, okay. I was yeah. like, whoa, what? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so August. that's in yeah. August. Um, we both got in through the lottery, which is not the hardest in the whole world, mm-hmm. which is not the hardest in the whole world, but it's uh, it's still, it's still, people still don't make it through the lottery, so we both feel pretty happy about the fact that we both got in. Um and that's a Western States qualifier. So that's checked off. Western States qualifier goal for 2018 Wiggity is checked wiggity. off. Which is, which this is the way I like to do it, where I'm picking a race and it happens to be a Western States qualifier. Not, I picked this Scr- race because scrambling. it's a Western States qualifier. Yep. Um, and then Barkley Fall Classic. So September 14th? Something. 12th, yeah. 16th? 18th? So if you're doing an August hundo, then maybe I will do a hot. Yeah, never, you could. So, never it's, follow so it's, six, it's six weeks between the two. BFC is always such a weird bird, though, because it divides you can train. Up. Yeah, it's like yeah. you can train specifically for it, but it doesn't seem like it is uh, hindered if you do races before or even races after. Because after BFC, I don't know if it's the hiking or because you're, you're not, not usually sore. Yeah, it's it's a really weird thing. Even though it's hard as hell, it is hard as hell. But you're usually not broken after that race. Yeah, it's it's super and it's strange. long. I mean, it's like it's as long as a fifty miler time yes. wise. Yes, yes, it's an all day thing. Um, so BFC, and then I'm kicking around the idea of doing Big's Backyard, cool. which is uh, a Lazarus Lake event where you start a four-mile loop at the top of every hour. Uh, some of you run nerds may have followed along with Harvey Lewis and Guillaume Calmets battling it out this year and ended up getting 248 yeah. miles. Yeah, something like that. Um, an insane amount. So I'm kicking around the idea of applying to be in that this year because, I don't know. What month is that? It is October 10th. I want to do that, too. Yeah. So yeah. there goes my year. But here's the thing. So I think another thing we're talking about, so we've talked about both of our goals, the other thing being, like, planning a race calendar. So I'm a firm believer in kind of, like, blackout periods before and after races where it's, like, you got to give yourself no time fly. to get ready for the race, and you have to give yourself time to recover properly properly. 
honestly more men for me anyways more mentally than physically yeah. like my brain has to be ready to go um not to say that you can't have your next thing planned but just give yourself some blackout time between races and unfortunately with the way races are now I feel like that almost sets your race calendar because it's like you get to pick two key races yeah. and yeah. once you say like oh well, I can't really do anything the three weeks before and I can't really do anything the two weeks after mm-hmm. it starts to kind of set itself mm-hmm. but um, so Andy and I were both just talking about this. Angela's Crest, BFC, Big's Backyard. It's like Angela's Crest, five to six weeks, BFC, three to that's, four weeks, ooh. Big's. I mean, that's a really heavy couple of months. Mm-hmm. And especially with this year having been like spikes in activity and then nothing, I'm leery of doing that again, where I'd much rather have something that I do. All winter, do something in the spring, pick a fun route to do in the summertime, mm. have Angela's Crest and BFC in the fall, and then do the gosh darn Huff 50K in December because Ooh. it's so fun. Yay, see, I thought everyone had bailed on me on the Huff situation. No. I am I definitely want to do the Huff next yeah. year. Yeah. So, but I kind of want to train like a marathoner where, like, they go into the Nike Bat Cave for four months and they're just like... I eat the niblets of the pellets that they feed me, and I run, 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 uh-huh. run, run. Yes. And then when they want to let me out of the cage, I come out of the cage. Yeah. I want to be that animal. Yeah. I don't want to be just like, um, not so like what are cookies. You guys doing? Yeah. Not yeah. like the cookie eater. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to be the cookie eater, but. But the huff is so fun. We're, we'll talk. We should just talk about the huff now, anyways, because yeah. it's that time of year. So yeah. the huff. Which did you notice? Somebody said that it's New Year's Eve. This year? Weekend or something I think like Katie Hyde told me that this year. Yeah, which it is kind of cool. Crazy, it's kind of cool, but it was also a little bit shitty. Yeah, depending on how you do holidays. But in the past, it was, was it the weekend? It was the second weekend in December. Because so it was usually the weekend before my Christmas. Family Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was always the weekend before Christmas, which made it... Uh, Hard and good. So, again, it just depends on how you do the holidays. But the Huff 50K is in uh, Indiana where the it's the same cor- part of the same course that they use for Indiana 100. Yeah, the Chain of Lakes. Mm-hmm. And in Albion, Indiana. <laughs> and it's a pretty flat trail course. It's not pancake flat. It's pretty no. flat. No. I mean... There's teeny tiny I mean, rollers. It, it's a little bit. It's a little bit wider than a single track and a little bit narrower than a jeep track. Yeah. So, it it's uh, it lends itself to trail beginners or yep. people who hate rocks and roots. Yep. And it does not take the course. The course does not take anything from you. Anyways, they have. We've done the Huff two years previously, and pretty much uh, somebody from within our group has done it every, every year, year for like the last four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the best. <laughs> I remember reading so about weird. this. So weird. <laughs> They have the best soup buffet setup you could ever imagine. Homemade soups uh-huh. in crock pots. Yep. You and can like have fixins, as many as you want. And there's like fixins specific Croutons? for each one. Cheese? So it's like this one comes with oyster crackers. Yes. And this comes with little cheese sticks. Yeah. And this kind of I, I mean you're like, but what about the race, Annie? But we're telling no, you no. Soup. the soup. The soup. The soup. <laughs> because it's always cold. Not horribly, but cold it's with in the some 20s snow. to thirties. Yeah. And I remember reading about somebody being like, oh, the soups are great. And I was like, why is this something people are getting excited about? Oh, it is exciting. Nope, it's a reason. It's, it is, it is one of the, <laughs> the pros of doing that race. At the aid station where the bell tower, or the the church bell is. Yeah. Oh, school no, bell. Sorry, school bell. Yes. The aid station where the school bell is, they have hot burger sliders 
and homemade Christmas cookies. Yeah. It's Which good. Annie did not let me stop to eat, by the way, because <laughs> we were running for our fucking lives. Yeah, so we'll do, let's just, like, go into the story just a little bit. So, uh, Lauren and I ran together, my be first three years season, ago. 2014, my yeah. first ultra season ever. We ran the Huff 50K together, and again, the course is very conducive to really fast times, which is kind of hilarious because a lot of roadrunners come out of the woodworks that I swear mm-hmm. they don't do any ultras mm-hmm. because essentially you don't need to have like technical trail running skill to do well. But we went out and ran it like bosses, even mm-hmm. with a pretty comedically dramatic section where Lauren was going, th- I'll call it a phase. and not- It was not comedic. <laughs> I had a panic attack at the marathon point. I had a legitimate panic attack was not comedic so she had gotten a habit of having breathing issues about the 20 mile mark a habit habit. because does that still happen to you today no but maybe i we broke the habit maybe i was just maybe i'm strong (laughs) so lauren was like i can't breathe i can't breathe and i was like I might as well have, like, slapped you across the face she, and been like, like we an, will go on. Like an old 40s film, like, a hysterical woman and a man just comes over and smacks her and is like, Sherilyn, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> what did I say, though? I think you I was said, just like... Here's what you said. You said, okay, you feel bad now, but if you keep running, I bet your body will continue to breathe and you will feel just fine. Can we try that as a strategy? And I was like, Yes! And you're like, great, well, we're running, and I'm leaving, so, so let's go. we kept go. moving. So I followed her, and we went, like, maybe two miles in silence, and she was like, are you okay now? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Broke the habit. Mm. High five. Very, very not wanting to high five you. <laughs> but the outcome was pretty fantastic. So it's bizarre. We proceeded to run five. a five-hour and 36-minute 50K, which is Insane. No, like we'll never do it again. No, we will never lives. touch it again. Actually, now that I'm saying this, maybe we shouldn't run the huff again. We should just leave it alone. Like I know, in the glass that's case. the only problem with the huff is because like I think we a little bit magooed it because yeah. in the beginning of my racing career, I just kind of like accidentally you know what the secret is? The secret. The secret is cyclocross and I'm gonna fucking I'm going to race cyclocross this season. There you go. Maybe Mark that's what my it is. words. I will do well at the Huff because I'm going to race cyclocross. There you go. She's also scrunching her face again. <laughs> so my face scrunches. That's because I'm so worried about what I'm agreeing to do next year. I know. We have a verbal contract that's been recorded. So uh, the Huff was awesome. It was and awesome. So yeah, so I want to get that back on the calendar for this year. And unfortunately, it ends up being... Well, not unfortunately. It doesn't happen to be a really bad time. But usually it's kind of in the smack dab middle of when people are doing off-seasons. But, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, true. I should totally just, like, but mentally But you can take January and February off. If you're not doing Rocks and Roots, then yeah. who the hell cares? Yeah. Uh, I should just mentally commit to doing the Huff because it, it, it's always been so much fun, even the years where it was hard yeah. to run. My problem is it, it, it coincides with my family Christmas, right. so we'll see well, how it goes. Well, it won't be because it's moved to New Year's or whatever. Oh, I wonder if it'll stay there. Anyway, well, well, here's we the other thing. So my wedding team. anniversary is New Year's Eve, so then that creates a different problem. So we'll figure it out for 2018. Sorry about we'll scheduling. <laughs> we'll figure that out for 2018. I'm trying to think of... So also within 2018, want to do another FKT adventure route of some kind for you sure. Are you kidding me? Am I yes. going? Yes. Oh. I don't know what it is, but um, somebody was kicking around the idea of there's a hut traverse in Vermont or Delaware or something that has like... Yes. That has like 13 different peaks, but it's within like... 
25 to 30 miles. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so it's like a nice uh, medium ground of everything. Like, there's lots of climb, but not an insane amount. And, like, yeah. So that'll be sometime in there, I think. And then uh, I feel like I'm missing another big goal, but I can't think what it is. I think crewing people is always in the back of my mind as not necessarily a goal, but just something sure. I need to think about because we, I, I, I should keep a running total of how many weekends I spent crewing this year. And it was probably like, you were a professional crew master yes. this, this year. Yeah. I think so many yeah, people, especially while like my leg was messed up. It was like Biggs I, backyard. Yeah. Cloud splitter. Yeah. Ozarks. Yeah. I mean, those were all yeah. like within a couple weeks. Yeah, it was. So building that in, but another note on scheduling a race calendar, I think is being realistic with knowing what your year is like. If you know, for example, like me, that around your birthday, you get drunk, get crazy or get drunk or that, I don't know, Easter really tickles your fancy and you are always lazy that weekend or something. I think you should build it in. Like, you should plan ahead for stuff like that and give yourself some space because it's a lot easier to say beforehand, hey, I know that April is a hard time for me. I'm going to plan on not training so hard. Feels a lot better than being in April and being like, good God, I missed another workout. And I feel like I see that happen a lot with people both personally and professionally. Um, And I won't mention any professional names, but it's like, okay, you know, you are hosting this giant event this time of year. Why would you have like a particular mileage goal or elevation gain goal when you know that you're hosting some big thing or that, you know, it's like you're a race director. Yes, Lauren and her race directing. But just stuff like that because it's a lot easier. Again, I just think it's a lot better to proactively give yourself some space than to reactively feel like you shorted yourself. I think that's why I don't feel like the lamb in the meadow right now, which is usually what we say about not having a training plan. Um, Because you planned on it? Yeah, it's because I planned on it. And I don't really like the cold. Uh, Lately, this past summer, I had a pretty good time training in the heat. Like, it was gross and icky, but I kind of really loved it. Yeah. I don't even have air conditioning, so I don't know how I loved it. But I did. I did. I just love my cold protein milkshake, and I love sweating it out on the track. And I just know that lately it's been dark when I'm done with work, and I'm so, like, happy to just have to do, like, a five-miler and then be home when it's dark, and that's okay. But, like, if I had to be grinding out big weeks right now, I think I would be pretty fucking sad. Hey, don't put your judgment on what I'll be doing. <laughs> no. I'll be back in the game soon because I'd like to get ready for sh- the shoping the, of the lope. Um, yeah. So, the basically, my thesis statement is I, I feel awesome and I am awesome. <laughs> so that that you know that's good because that was our theme for today that Lauren is awesome and okay, feels well, awesome. <laughs> I mean, part of that I will plug as sort of this year being transformative for me with starting the radical self-love group. Yeah. And I would say legitimately, um, and like, don't sit there and listen to this podcast and be like, who is this bitch? She thinks she's awesome. Let me tell you, this was not an easy feeling to come by. I have spent a lot of work on figuring out why I don't like myself and why I hated my body and why I never felt good enough and why I felt like, Like, nothing was a success for me. And 
I'm just kind of a happy fat cat right now. Like, uh, I, I'm like happy with my successes and I see some of my failures and those are like genuinely okay too. Like I had a, I had an epic DNF this year that we totally forgot about, which was quest for the crest, which I trained my face off. That's what it was. Yeah. That's where the hole is. We both blacked it out. I buried that deeply under the house. Lauren is a notorious, uh, what do you call it? Not editing it out, purger. Like when something bad happens, it gets purged hardcore. It's gone. (laughs) So much so that I forgot that I ever ran that race. So, uh, I think I've just put some tools in the toolbox from not just racing, but for my life. And I feel like it set me up for a level of contentment that I have never experienced. And uh, the depth of which is just probably hitting me like very poignantly today at work, just like looking over my year, looking over my race calendar, looking over my training, uh, getting something in the mail from my coach today. Like I just felt like everything was this awesome culmination of like seeing all these building blocks that I sort of built up and feeling like my foundation is mega strong. And that even though like I thought, okay, well, my weight is up right now. Well, of course it is. You're not training like a crazy athlete. You're not yeah. training twice a day. This but, is where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Like you're, this is probably what your body will look like if you're not training for, you know, trying to be a better racer. Yeah. So I just, uh, I feel like I, I've come a long way and I feel like running is like 80% of what took me there. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that I could have been as comfortable in my body and my mind if it weren't for running. And that has almost very little to do with the actual body transformation. It has something to do with it. But we we haven't talked about this in a long time. But Annie and I used to talk about how running on the trails, like, we don't understand how people do without it. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do without a long run? And because the bar does not suffice for like telling your deepest secrets for four and yeah. a half hours to your best friend. And when you're an adult who doesn't get to do that, how when do, you... do you get a chance to talk uninterrupted by outside factors and really dig into who you are? It's like mega long therapy sessions. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. It's not only figuring out who you are, but feeling like so deeply supported by the people that love you. Like, I'm getting schmoopy, and it's the, definitely the Christmas spirit, too. It's just in the air. <laughs> and a glass of wine. And perhaps a glass of wine. <laughs> that just, like, I, I don't know what kind of grown-up I'd be if it weren't for the friendships I made through running. And that's not to say that my old friendships are not deep and strong, but, like, the just the, the level, like, the therapeutic bond that I have with the people that I know through running, it, it's just transformed me. And uh, I I do feel like a better person because of it. I think that's a good focus for 2018, too, is just thinking about, not that you want to set a goal around it, but I, I think that having goals around loving yourself are, it might sound hokey, but I we've talked before about, hey, you have to love yourself enough that you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think considering goals for the next year that are not just results oriented because it's really easy to pick a goal that is just sign up and finish this race. Those goals are great. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to have stretch goals that you may or may not fail at, Mm -hmm. like Quest for the Crest Mm -hmm. or having a really freaking hard time at Pitchell. Mm -hmm. If you're easily making all your goals, 
and that makes you happy, that's great. But I think there's something to be said for seeing what your outer yeah, limits are. Yeah, throw the football into the end zone. Yeah. And then go yeah. pick up that football. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. how good I am at good. sports metaphors. My, my sports metaphors are really bad. <laughs> and on the self-love part, I think, I don't think it's silly, but it sounds a little cheesy to have goals around this you know, a particular race cycle, not being focused on your weight. Or yeah. I remember um, getting accepted to a big race and standing in the bathroom afterwards. It's going to get really personal, but like before a sh- before getting in the shower. And I remember looking at my legs and saying, I will never criticize you again, no matter how you look, because you are the legs that got me and carried me to this point. Mm-hmm. And, just, and just like closing that as a chapter in my life and mm-hmm. just being like, this is a not this is not a thing that I criticize myself about anymore and running really helped facilitate that. So I think if you can think of ways to build that into your race plan, it's worth it. Yeah, because you as a runner, actually as a racer, you are not just your legs and your lungs. Mm-hmm. You are also very much your mind, especially if you're a mm-hmm. distance runner. So if you have built-in resilience that if someone passes you and you're like that's okay. I might get them later. Mm -hmm. I'm not crestfallen Mm -hmm. because I see the long game and I'm okay. I mean, you know, I started Ozarks in last place. I I was, I was not like, well, fuck my life. I better stop. Yeah. But you know, the, the, your mind is a big part of you as a racer. So loving yourself, I don't, I have no problems with feeling hokey. It's, it's part of the big game. Yeah. And I, I do think, I mean, even if you want to say, like, I'm about the results, I think having a healthier, loving mindset makes you a better racer, for sure. Yeah. Because if you're in a training cycle and your mileage increases or your training volume increases, being able to love and listen to your body that says, please feed me more because I'm doing a lot more, you can eat a big bowl of, like, whole grain something and yeah. not feel like, oh, well... That was a lot of calories that maybe I shouldn't have eaten. That was fuel that your body needed. Yeah. So that I mean, legitimately, just to give you guys numbers, because like some people, I think, freak about, out about what they eat. Through my uh, Ozark training season, I regularly ate over 3,000 calories a day. Sometimes I'm like 32, 3,300 a day. And that's the lightest in pounds <laughs> I have been in the last 10 years. So, do not be afraid to fuel the machine. Yeah. And this year was also the first year that you stopped weighing yourself on a weekly basis, which is uh, huge. Daily. daily. I had weighed myself daily from 2013 until midsummer last year. And it had grown into a festering lesion of self-hatred. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've weighed myself eight times in the last 14 months. Yeah. That's so cool. It feels fucking groovy. It's so good. And I still feel the calls. There's there's like, do you need validation? Come to the scale. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm too afraid that that's going to ruin my day. And a number is a dumb thing to ruin my day. Yeah. And I'm looking in the mirror. Eh? Eh? I see muscles. I'm running. Can I hit a good pace? I can. I don't need any other numbers. Because all it's going to do is not match up with how I feel and make me feel bad. So sometimes I do it just to sort of recalibrate, but I don't do it to ask myself if I like myself anymore. We should do a whole episode digging into like 
motivation and uh, yes. deep inner thoughts and yes. all that good stuff. Yes. We'll have to figure out some cohesive uh, theme to build that around. But yes. um, we'd love to get your all thought, thoughts because I feel like this is something that everybody, man, woman, trail, roadrunner, deals with because I, I just... I think sometimes some unhealthy things brings people to running and then yeah. healthy things keep them there. Yeah. So it's just kind of balancing or shutting out the bad things. Eventually. Yeah. Food addicts, drug addicts, alcohol. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of you folks are my best people and I am one of you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I dig that we're sort of a community of like misfit toys. So, so, Goals. A Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. And to you, a good night. Yeah, we ended on a, a heavy note, but hopefully that's <laughs> worth it. And especially as, you know, people get into the holidays and think about next year, we'd love to hear about your running plans. And mm-hmm. and um, we'd also love to take requests. If there's a theme that you're looking to hear us roll around in, we would be more than happy to do it. So yeah. post it on the Facebook or send it as a comment uh, on Instagram or a personal message. We'd love to hear from you. And we have been hearing from you. Yeah. Um, please continue to post on our wall um, we love hearing about people and their births please please tell us your stories I, yeah I, dying. I i just i love it and i know so many people have their birth or their best running friend that has kept them afloat in times of need and i just hearing about and i think any avenue that can give people a chance to voice their admiration for another person is fantastic hell so yeah do that give your birth the present of admiration oh i love that <laughs> all right y'all we will see you next year happy holidays happy holidays